0: Welcome to this edition of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. I have a special guest, the entertainer talking sports entertainer. What's your day like today? How have you been?
1: Been all right. You know, been busy, been a little bit hectic around, but it's going well, man. And uh, looking forward to uh, getting an opportunity to come on here and talk to you. I, think you, I always say it, I think you got a great voice uh, for uh, radio or whatever you, you're diving into. I think you do a great job.
0: Thank you. All right. So today's topic is the pass rush, a uh, disputed topic among Giant fans and for the last couple of seasons has been disputed. We did a little better this season and going forward because we had 36 sacks in 2019 and 2020 with a better defense. We had 40, I believe, but it is still an issue. Chris, you want to give your thoughts on the uh, topic?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's cl- we clearly lack, um, you know, upper on talent at the position. I don't think anybody would debate that and Obviously, O'Shane Zimenez going down, Lorenzo Carter going down early in the season didn't help. We were relying on, you know, seventh round picks. Um, But we were still still able to create pressure through scheme, um, which is kind of what I expected the Giants to do this year. It's what the Patriots have done for years. It's kind of what the Ravens do. They send blitzes off the edge with corners, with safeties. They try to, you know, they try to confuse the opposing offense. Um, And I expect it's what the New York Giants are going to continue to do uh, going forward. But... I would not argue that um, I think we definitely need an upgrade at the position. We, we definitely lack, uh, you know, a, a guy that could really wreak havoc in, in, the, in the backfield.
0: Yeah, and I said this earlier in the season before we started getting later in the season. I said, I don't know if the Giants really emphasize a pass rusher like we all think. And I'm going into a little bit of stats here. I'm talking not defensive ends, but more of outside linebackers. Coughlin, he had one sack on the year with five quarterback pressures, only played 18% of the snaps. Uh, He obviously got more snaps as went down in the season. Cam Brown, three quarterback pressures and 8% of the snaps. Nico Lalos, undrafted free agent. One interception and one quarterback pressure and 7% of the snaps. Now, also, if we sign Kyler Fackrell back, uh, this season he had four sacks, 15 quarterback pressures, and 56% of the snaps. He did well uh, this season, at least for the contract that he played for, and he got a sack right when he came back against the Cowboys, which I like out of him. Carter, obviously, he had one sack and didn't play that much. Obviously, the season-ending injury in O'Shane Zeminis didn't play that much either. And question for you, Chris, who do you see as having a better and longer future because both of these guys are from the previous coaching staff. Do you see a better future for Carter or Zimenez?
1: Ooh. Um Okay. If Carter is one hundred percent healthy, if he recovers one hundred percent, I like Carter more. I think Carter fits the scheme better. Um, so I, I would say Carter. I thought Carter was gonna have a breakout year this year for the Giants. I like Zimenez too. But I actually think Carter looked really good uh, the first two or three games this year. May not have shown on the sack sheet, but he was getting pressure. They were using him in a variety of ways. If he's 100% recovered, I actually like Carter more as the prospect um, in this scheme.
0: I have the same opinion about him. You know, Zimenez obviously flashed in last year with Betcher. And then Carter was going to have a monstrous year or was supposed to. And he showed off in the first couple of games of the season, as you said. But unfortunately, the injury, you know, happened. And then Zimenez, I think, missed a couple of games, obviously, at the end. Then he went on IR, had some specific surgery. So a stat uh, that Giants fans have been really uh, putting out for a while is 21 sacks from the defensive line, 40 sacks total this season. 11.5 11.5 from Williams, Dalvin Thompson, 3.5, Austin Johnson, 1. Uh, probably not going to get re signed, but that's really uh, different. BJ Hill, 1. And Dexter Lawrence, 4. So it is tougher to get interior pressure than it is from the outside. Obviously, everything was done with scheme, as everybody likes to say, but you do need a guy that really creates havoc up front, as you said. I think the biggest game or at least the biggest example of a game that where that was needed was the Browns game. Because, you know, yeah, you face the Steelers' offensive line, you could say, oh, they're good, but they're deteriorating a little bit um, ever since they lost Mike Munchak. But um, the Browns game, Bill Callahan's the offensive line coach, elite talent on that offensive line. They had Wyatt Teller out, but, again, they got the sack off of the right guard, Nick Harris. But, again, they only got to – two Baker Mayfield, three quarterback pressures in one sack. And that was from the interior, Dexter Lawrence. But, again, that's where it shows. And I think the Cardinals game, you could possibly take off of that. Same with uh, the Ravens game, but also has to deal with mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. And they just need to do that better going on whatever they do in the offseason. And also, it's not just about whether the Giants emphasize it. It's how much cap they have. And I noticed in one of your videos, you were doing the spot track version. And I looked at that. And Over the Cap has another prediction. They say that the Giants are going to start out with 7 million. Nobody knows the cap numbers, at least to my standards.
1: Yeah, it's all an estimation. Um, I use track uh, just because since I've been on YouTube, they seem to be – those are the two sites that I look at. track seems to be the more reliable traditionally. And I always like to think conservatively, um, you know, rather than – you know, think we're going to have more than what we are. And then you hear rumors about that it might be 195 or 175. We don't know what it's going to be. And until such time we find out that number, um, it's kind of hard to, you know, that's kind of why I haven't made my prediction videos in terms of where I think we're going to go in free agency, because I don't know how much cap we're going to have. And I don't know the plan that they're going to have. Are they going to bring back Leonard Williams? And I'm with you. I, I him uh, has, since he's been here, he's built that defensive line. That's been his mission. Um, and, and I think that is the strength of this defense. It's the defensive line. Um, getting pressure up the middle, forcing the quarterback outside of the pocket, and then sending blitzes off the edge, whether it's an outside linebacker, whether it's a corner, whether it's a safety, through deception. Um, and I've been very consistent uh, this entire year. And a lot of Giants fans may not agree with me. Um, and I think a lot of Giants fans think traditional 4-3. That's what won our Super Bowls with Michael Strahan, just uh, Pierre Paul, um, you know, and all those other guys, right? Uh, Ossie Muir, Justin Tuck. I don't think the New York Giants are going to prioritize edge rusher as much as people think. Um, I'm not saying they're not going to address it, but I think they're going to try to find value later in the draft, third round, fourth round, trying to find guys that fit their scheme. Um, I've been very consistent in saying that I think cornerback is going to be viewed as a higher priority uh, for the New York Giants. I think having a lockdown corner, a second corner, is going to allow. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. You know, whether it's with the draft or free agency, but. I think they value that more. I think having two really strong corners is going to allow Patrick Graham to do what he wants to ultimately do, and that's be blitz-heavy. And it's something that the Giants really weren't this year because I don't think he had full faith um, in the in the uh, play from the cornerback position outside of, of course, James Bradbury.
0: Yeah, I do agree with that. Obviously, one of the biggest examples, again, is the Browns game. You had James Bradbury out. You had Darney Holmes out. Oh. Love and Yidom were starting, and they played a lot of zone defense. I really like the way that Julian Love played against the Cowboys. I thought he matched up against Cooper well and Gallup well. But I do agree. um, I would definitely put him back at corner, to be honest with you. But I do think that the Giants will prioritize that because, again, both ends work together. The secondary, if they cover well, they give the uh, pass rush more time to get home. But the pass rush in certain situations needs to get needs to give the secondary um, less amount of less well, amount of time to cover, but they need to force pressure on the quarterback quickly so the secondary could be bailed out. And for the last couple of seasons with the Giants' defense, that has not been the case. But some options of free agency, without considering the cap number or at least the predicted cap number, here are some free agent options, and I have three favorites without considering the market. Yannick Nagakwe, he had eight sacks. Kerrigan had five and a half. Jadeveon Clowney had zero, probably my least favorite on the list, if you want my honest opinion. Justin Houston, eight sacks. Uh, Von Miller, club option, but I don't think anybody's going to be budging for that because I think, he, uh, I think he missed 2020. Matt Judon, six sacks. Shaq Barrett, eight sacks. Bud Dupree, eight sacks, also is coming off a season-ending injury. And Leonard Floyd, 10.5 from the Rams. Who are your favorite pass rushers if you had to pick from the free agent class?
1: All right, if price is not an issue, like you said, we're just talking yeah. talent and fit for this scheme. Because um, some of the guys you rattled up there, I don't think Kerrigan's necessarily the best fit, plus he's older. Um, Shaq Barrett, to me, is probably number one. Um, I think he'd fit the scheme very well. Uh, very athletic edge rusher. Would definitely add something to this defense. There's no denying it. Yannick Ngakwe is probably two, maybe three. Um, Ngakwe, I think, is – he's kind of a one-dimensional player he's not great against the run that's been the book on him but in terms of being a strict pass rusher which is what we need the guy's really good uh he actually led the nfl i think in 2018 in quarterback hits or maybe it was 2019 i can't remember the year but he's and he's very good at strip sacks um it's something that ocu manure was very good at as well he'd probably be second for me and i'm trying to remember the other guys you said on the list houston's older Uh, Judon, maybe I'm not in love with Judon, I I, but he does fit the scheme. Um, who was the other guys? There was Leonard Floyd, might maybe Floyd, yeah, maybe Floyd, Floyd might be three for me, Floyd or Judon, three and four.
0: My favorites would be Shaq Barrett, of course. Uh, had that big season in 2019, and I think everybody saw what he had. I think in the Thursday night game against the Panthers, and then I think it was the next week where he versed us and got a bunch of sacks off Nate Solder, stripped Daniel Jones a couple times. And obviously he had eight sacks this season and Jason Pierre Paul alongside him went to a pro bowl. Leonard Floyd is another one of my favorites. Obviously the giants, you know, they wanted to go after him in the 2016 draft, the bears traded up. Obviously he didn't work out there, but I think maybe the Rams might try to retain him. If not, I think the giants should go after him, but you know, We don't know what they prioritize. Matt Judon will be another option for me as like a three. You know, I'm not really in love with anyone other than the first two I mentioned. Kerrigan, as you said, is older. Same with Justin Houston. Jadevian and Clowney coming off another season-ending injury, and he's been inconsistent. So if the Giants want to end up with an Olivier Vernon contract again, I, you know, they should do that. Von Miller, as I said, (laughs) club option coming off, you know, not playing in 2020. Um, And Bud Dupree. He would have been a hot
1: topic. He would have probably been my second option had he been healthy. Maybe even first, I like him a lot, but the injury.
0: Yeah, that is the sad part. And we don't know who Pittsburgh is going to retain at all. I mean, there could be possible, like, tackle options there if you go Matt Filer. I mean, they have a bunch of guys, but, again, they have, like, one of the least predicted caps in the NFL because of how much in hell they are, Juju and all those other guys. So now where we get to the topic uh, – of where we have to take in what these pass rushers are worth and how much we have. So I did some calculations and originally when I was doing a cap podcast, um, calculating the cap and all the players that we could cut, I had Solder, I had Cody core, I had Zeitler, I had um, golden Tate is one of them. So golden I t- added yeah. two new guys and, and people are saying Spencer Pulley's not on contract for 2021. Yes, he is.
1: Yeah, 2.75, I think
0: it 2.7 is. 2.7 or 2.75, right around there. And Riley Dixon, I mean, I think you could get a punter for cheap or you could draft one because he didn't necessarily, along with the special teams unit,
1: did not he was do actually well. He was actually not that good this year. Um no. And you'd save 2.7, I think, after the, uh, the, the cut, you know, the, uh, the yeah. dead cap with him. Yeah, he's a possibility. I, I said I wouldn't in my video, but I definitely wouldn't cry if the Giants did it because they're paying him a lot of money. And this year he wasn't an upper-echelon punter. Two other guys I wanted to mention um, that I was just thinking about because I'm actually going to do a. I might be doing a video on this today if I have time. Um, in terms of the free agent market for the edge rusher, so I was looking into it myself in terms of cost-effective guys. Um, Okwara, who we actually drafted, is a free agent. Um, and then uh, Reddick, who had the five-sack game against us, is also a free agent. Former high first-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. So those are two guys that maybe aren't on the high end, that maybe are mid-tier guys that maybe the Giants could be looking at as well.
0: See, Aquara, again, not a bad option, kind of like a fact but I guess Aquara in Detroit has been more successful. The thing I worry about, and this is just my personal thinking, is that maybe Hassan Riddick got over – or at least overrated from the game against the Giants where he got like four or five sacks – and then those just bloat the numbers, and then he signs either a prove it deal or a long contract, and he's not worth it. That's my problem with that. So I did some consideration and calculating, of course, with Spot Track and Over the Cap because I know people listen to both. Personally, I would go with Spot Track, but I go to uh, Over the Cap on occasion. So if you were to add Pulley and Dixon for Spot Track, you get approximately about $39 million in the cap, and with over the cap, which gives you more, is about fifty-one million. Now, let's just make predictions here. Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson, obviously priorities for the Giants this offseason, continuity on the defense. Dalvin mm-hmm. Tomlinson, he said he'd be he would be taking a hometown discount. And I don't know how much that is. I don't think he's gonna command Leonard Williams money, but I don't think he wants to be staying here for five million dollars a year either. So right. I think 10, 11 million is where I think he's going to command maybe about seven, 8 million at the lowest, but Williams will definitely command big money, top money with 11 and a half sacks. So my prediction is 20.5 million, you know, per year. So after that prediction, you lose about 31.5 million in cap, at least according to my math. Now over the cap with that
1: 20 million, Spot track eight million. So, and that's with cutting Kevin Zeitler, which I don't even know if is the best idea. Because I, I yeah. don't, we trust our guards. I know, I know the money's a lot though. But maybe you re- restructure the contract. They could do things like that too. I brought that up in my video too. That you could do things to get creative to try to create more cap space, like restructuring James Bradbury's contract, restructuring Martinez's contract, um, restructuring uh, Sterling Shepherd's contract. So they could probably save. 10 to $12 million in Wiggleton just by restructuring those three deals um, if the cap's going to be 175 If the cap's going to be 195 you probably don't got to do that, but that, that's another option to try to give yourself a little more leeway. The other thing that the I think the Giants could do with some of these contracts, because everybody looks at, like, let's say Leonard Williams gets $20 million a year. Everybody just looks at it like, it's going to be $20 million on average every year. But the way the Giants could structure it, knowing that the cap is if it's going to be 175 is so much lower than it's going to be going forward. Like say they're projecting two ten the following year, when people start going back to the stadiums and stuff, they could, you know, structure. it So they only play them like 12 or 13 in the first year. And then they kind of
0: go you know, their way up.
1: Yeah. Build their way up at when, when there's a huge acceleration in the cap the following season. So I think there's ways to kind of work around it, to try to give yourself as much, space is possible so it's kind of hard to really project you know the exact numbers because I do think they're going to get creative with the with the way that they structure these contracts and I don't think the Giants I think all teams are going to do that
0: and I think they've you know I think Gettleman has done that before with a bunch of contracts in the past so it's not his first uh, rodeo when coming to that uh, so obviously over the cap and spot track Giants have minimal cap space at least by prediction yeah. and you're at an ultimatum if you're the Giants. Now, don't factor in wide receiver, obviously, and maybe tied in with Kyle Pitts, but, you know, just leave that off to the side for right now. But if you're actually prioritizing pass rusher and free agency, you have to either not sign Leo or not sign Dalvin. And that's a tough spot for the Giants because I know, you know. Or wide receiver, like you said. If you want to bring in a high-impact player from outside the organization. Yeah. Robinson, Galde, Smith, Schuster—hopefully not, because uh, I don't <laughs> like his—I don't like his character. I'm
1: with you on Smith Schuster. I don't want Smith Schuster.
0: I do not. Uh, but as far as like you know, Dave Gettleman and John Mara—they prioritized and you know said in the press conference, we need a playmaker. for daniel jones and what most people think too with that is a wide receiver one could also be kyle pitts but again that's their scouting that's their job to do and then on draft day, see what's what but also free agency again is another factor if in my opinion you want to sign anyone else other than dalvin and leo and maybe get somebody outside as i said like a big money free agent you're gonna have to not sign one of them and i know that's gonna be tough um So, options in the draft. Gregory Roseau, I'm not a fan of him just because of what I've been hearing. Stay off of that. Quiddy Pay, some people say he's more of a 3-4 defensive end or 4-3 guy. Not really a fan of his. Rashad Weaver from Pittsburgh uh, lacks the elite tools for a pass rusher, but he is uh, very good in the run game, and he displays a number of moves. Now, you take a look at defensive end. Carlos Basham and Patrick Jones are – good guys or at least you know some players that the giants want to look at now it comes down to this would you rather pay for a good outside linebacker and not bring back one of the two or would you rather resign both and take a pass rusher in the draft
1: good question um the only way i have interest in quiddy pay who seems to be the i think that's how you pronounce his name it's either yeah. pay um who seems to be like the guy that Moving up mock drafts, and I've seen him mock to the Giants. The only way I wouldn't have interest in Rousseau, not at eleven, it seems to be a guy that is a complete project. He's very boom or bust. Quitty Bay, I like. I've watched some film on him, but the only way I have interest in Quitty Bay is if we don't bring back Leonard Williams, because to me, he's just like Leonard Williams. He's not going to be an outside linebacker. So if you don't bring back Leo, that opens up the possibility for me bringing in Quitty Bay to um, replace his what we hope to replace his production. So I understand it there, but if you bring back Leo, even if you don't bring back Dalvin, I wouldn't sign Quidipe, Pay, uh, draft quiddy Pay rather. Um, I personally, I could be wrong. If I was the GM, I would not sign an edge rusher to premium money because I don't think this defense. Um, it, I I, don't, I just don't believe in. No, I'm all about the edge rusher in a four-three. In this defense, I don't believe in prioritizing that kind of money. I would try to find guys that. I could, that I feel I could fit my scheme off the edge in maybe the third round to try to get some value uh, from the edge. We definitely need more talent there, but I would not prioritize it highly in free agency in terms of a $20 million contract. Now, if I get a, a mid tier guy that I think fits the scheme very well, and I'm gonna have to do more research into this before I do my video, really looking at guys, that's probably where I'm at. I, I don't think I would, I would be willing to pay 20 to $21 million for an edge rusher um, in this, in this scheme. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't pay Leo 20 and a half or $21 million. I, I don't think I would, especially if the cap were to shrink. Like you're talking about the cap going from 198 to 175, he ain't worth that. He ain't worth 13 percent of your cap. And I honestly don't think he would get it if the cap shrunk to 175. If the cap stayed where it was, yeah, he'd probably get 19, 1920. If it shrinks to 175, I think he's more in the 17 to 17 and a half million dollar range. Um, and I'd probably have to give him that because he did play very well with New York Giants this year. You could argue he was our best player in defense. But I would rather keep the continuity on the defense and bring back a player like Leo than let Leo walk and sign a guy, um, an an outside linebacker, edge rusher. I think what Leo does for this defense is more important uh, than getting an outside linebacker.
0: Definitely. So it brings up two points that I actually just thought about, and people have been saying the argument. But when it comes to a premium pass rusher, and as much as Giant fans like to emphasize it as one of the top needs, You can live without it to some extent. You just need talent and to scheme it correctly like Graham did in 2020. Um, So I think in that situation, what I would do is you could take a pass rusher like an O'Shane or somebody else in like the third, the fourth, the fifth round. That's what I would do and prioritize wide receiver or whatever first. But I definitely would draft a wide receiver in the first round. And the second point I want to bring up is the old Chase Young argument about not winning that game and, you know, should we have selected Chase Young? Would you have rather – and this is, you know, obviously probably know what you think about this. I would have won that game anyway, A, because franchise quarterback builds confidence in him, especially a win like they had. And would you rather have a dominant edge rusher like Chase Young when the defense is already good – but not have a first or second round left tackle when Nate Solder opts out and Cam Fleming is likely your left tackle. And people say, oh, they, you know, they would have still drafted Matt Pert." A, we don't know that. B, he would not be ready for week one. And you would be providing your quarterback with damaged goods or at least be making him into damaged goods. So I don't think that argument really uh, – really is necessary or really is supported by facts. I think it's just people trying to, you know, get attention. Complain. Yeah. People <laughs> no, trying but to get attention.
1: But um, listen, Chase Young's a generational pass rusher. I believe that. I mean, maybe the stats don't indicate he had six and a half seconds. He's a going to be one of the best edge rushers in football. He's great. So if you're asking me would I have been upset if the Giants got Chase Young in last year's draft, the answer is no. I, I, I think he's a great player. But uh, first off, I'm never for tanking. I was rooting for my team to win. Like you said, it, it's it's – it's, it's good for your young quarterback to build. But in my opinion, I think it was more important to get the left tackle in last year's draft class than to get the edge rusher. Um, I, I just do. Matter of fact, I might have been in favor of taking the left tackle, too, as opposed to Chase Young. I thought it was that important for your young quarterback, at Daniel Jones. We had no blindside protection. It's something that needed to be addressed. And it was a very rich tackle draft class at the top of the draft. Um, so I was thrilled that the Giants did it. I thought it was a no-brainer. Um, And I was thrilled that they went above and beyond to address the offensive line in last year's draft because it's something that we need to start building and it takes time to build that. Like I think a lot of people just expect when you take three offensive linemen, they're just going to step in, they're going to do great. That's not the way it works. They got to learn to play together. They got to get cohesion. It's going to take two or three years of these guys playing together before we see it really, you know, take, take the full effect. Um, But I think Andrew Thomas demonstrated the last seven, eight games outside of the Arizona game where we got completely out game plan. We weren't ready for that 4-4 scheme that Arizona came out with. Um, I thought Andrew Thomas demonstrated that he's a legit high-end left tackle in this league and – or at least has the possibility of being, you know, one of the best in in the game. So – and at the end of the day, that's as valuable as anything outside of the quarterback position. You got to be able to protect your quarterback. So, I always say it, if you get a Ferrari – which is what you do when you spend a high first-round pick on a quarterback, you better have car insurance. And that's what a left tackle is, you know, and that's what the New York Giants needed for Daniel Jones.
0: And two things not relating to pass rush, what about Andrew Thomas? Obviously, first part of the year, he went through a lot of struggles. I would rather have that out of a tackle. And studies and, you know, uh, stats show that if a tackle is struggling in his first year tremendously, he will get better in his second year. Because I don't want my tackle where, you know, he plays good the first year, but, you know, the rest of the years are not that good. Kind of like, I would say, a Will Hernandez sort of thing. And the next question kind of actually relates to him. Do you think he's fallen out of favor with his Giants coaching staff?
1: Yeah, uh, the first, uh, as far as what you said about Andrew Thomas, I couldn't agree more. Um, And the other thing that I really like about Thomas is he's not even touching his potential yet. Like the book on Thomas coming in was his technique wasn't nearly as good as Will's. Right. Will's had the better um, technique and that to me spells upside. That means with the proper coaching, when Andrew Thomas gets that technique down, he's got the, he's got the physical tools to be high end left tackle. So I, I am so ecstatic that we took Thomas as far as Hernandez goes, everything I've heard, it, it sounds like the giants. And obviously he's not a judge guy. He was a gentleman guy. Um, They don't feel like he fits their blocking scheme, which I'm surprised because I thought that it sounded like he would. I actually thought he'd fit this blocking scheme better than the previous one. And to be honest with you, I think Hernandez is a better player, at least at this point, than Shane Lemieux. I I honestly don't even think it's that close. Uh, Maybe the Giants felt like when Lemieux went in there, Thomas started playing better, and they didn't want to mess with that. Maybe they felt like they wanted to get Lemieux reps to build him for next season, and they knew that they needed a stable guard there in Kevin Zeitler, who was probably our best offensive lineman last year in terms of consistency. Maybe that's the line of thinking. But right now, I have more. I honestly have more faith in Will Hernandez than Shane Lemieux. Uh, Will Hernandez, I think, graded out as, like, the best or second-best uh, uh, guard in terms of run blocking in football. Um, and Lemieux graded out as the worst guard in all of football in terms of pass protection. You up five sacks and 500 snaps, which is a ton uh, for a guard. So to put that in perspective, I think Hernandez has given up eight sacks and 2,500 snaps. So five times the amount of snaps, he's given up three three more sacks. Um, Not to say Lemieux can't build. He's a fifth-round pick, right? You expect him to go through growing pains. But going into next year, I'm not comfortable with those two being my starting guards. Um, But if you ask me, you know, if we let Zeitler go, but if you ask me who I trust more right now, I'd say Hernandez. But I, I do worry a little bit, like you said, that maybe Hernandez is falling out of favor with this coaching staff. Didn't seem like Judge was in a rush to get him back out there.
0: No, and they you know, they pretty much did um odd example that I'm gonna give out is that in twenty eighteen the Rams they had Austin Blythe start out at the right guard position. Whose job was that the years before? That was Jamon Brown's job. Giants. We picked him up. Yep. That's the reason I'm relating to it. Um Jamon Brown was serving a suspension when he came back. They didn't play him as much, and what happened was they caught him and we picked him up. But could it be falling out of favor? Yes, I definitely, I definitely believe that. And I do see statistically where the chemistry is at with Thomas and Lemieux, both growing prospects. Obviously, I think Lemieux will take a lot longer, uh, to be quite honest. And obviously, Zeitler – Would you cut him is a very debatable topic right now, but let's just say he is falling out of favor. Will Hernandez, let's say he is falling out of favor with his giants coaching staff. I would not get rid of him. Um, I know that I was on with uh, talking giants when they were doing their Q and a and uh, you know, they were bringing people on Bobby said that, you know, will Hernandez either needs to be starting for the giants or another team because he's not bench talent. I would keep him because a he's on his rookie contract and B You know, if Shane Lemieux or Zeitler gets injured, steps right in, and he gives you solid play. And I would rather have that out of a second-round pick rather than a guard at second-round value coming out of the draft that either is a bust or either plays six games a season due to the amount of injuries he has. So I don't think that Will Hernandez should get cut by the Giants. Um, I think he's a cheap option as a backup guard – And another thing, if the Giants opt to go to free agency for a cheap guard, I think Austin Blythe is a good option. I mean, he's had his years where he's not good. I think it's a flip-flop because 2017, he wasn't that good um, in the limited snaps. 2018, he was good. 2019, not so good. That whole Rams offensive line just, you know, decompressed in 2019 after the Super Bowl. And then 2020, he actually switched over to center, which could make him a value option in free agency. But as for the rest of the guards, it's not much appetizing. Brandon Scherf, that's big money. He'll probably go somewhere like the Jets where they need him. him. We're not paying a guard when we already have growing prospects and that stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I'm completely on board with you. I don't don't want to cut Will Hernandez. Um, Now, the thing you got to ask yourself as a Giants fan, Hernandez is going to be a free agent after this year, unless they they extend him on the – fifth year. Uh, No, he doesn't even have a rookie option because he was a second-round pick. So he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Um, So maybe the Giants are thinking we're probably not going to keep this guy um, after the following year, and we want to start to build up Shane Lemieux. That could be it. But if you're going to cut Zeitler, Lemieux, I think, going to be – I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Hernandez is going to be the starter next year, I would think. But what they could do is kind of like do what they did with the tackles, kind of like what you were hinting at there uh, over the last two years. You go out there, you sign – a veteran, a cheaper alternative, a guy like Cam Fleming, a guy like Mike Remmers the year prior, and maybe you go out there and you get a guard, a veteran guy for, you know, $5 million, a one-year deal, whatever, to plug in there if Lemieux is struggling, uh, to plug in there if Hernandez is struggling. That might be the route that they go if they're not going to bring back Kevin Zeitler. But I do worry that Hernandez might not be in the long-term plans for the Giants. And I don't know if that's the best course of action. Uh, I I want continuity on this offensive line. I want them to try to keep as many of these guys together as possible, because you're not going to be able to build something um, until such time these guys learn to play with one another. I go back and I look at that great New York Giants offensive line uh, when they won the, you know, when they, especially when they won the first Super Bowl, um 05 to like 08, 09, that's when they really were at the, in their peak. Those guys played together for a number of years before they really, you know, got to the point where, and then obviously they brought in, um, what's his name? The guy from the jets, um, the free agent, the, uh, why does it escape me right now? Uh, obviously, that's the uh, deal yet O'Hara. Um, McKenzie. McKenzie, yeah, from the Jets. They brought in a piece here and there, but overall, those guys played together for a long time. They learned to play, you know, build together, and that's how good, strong offensive lines are built. So I worry about that. I don't want too much change on this offensive line. I think you need to try to keep it together as much as possible. One more
0: question, one more topic. He just got cut today. Would you consider – leaving Wayne Gallman in free agency and signing Mark Ingram.
1: Yeah. A bunch of my subscribers asked me about that on Twitter. Um, It all depends on what, uh, what uh, Gallman's going to command on the open market. Like if Wayne Gallman's going to get a deal, like when we let Ahmad Bradshaw go to the Colts, he got a pretty good offer. I don't remember exactly what he got, but at the time it was, you know, pretty good money for a running back. If Wayne Gallman's going to get that kind of offer, we can't afford it. Uh, We, as much as I love Wayne Gallman, um, we're already investing so much in the Saquon Barkley. You could only invest so much money in the running back position. I would reinvest that rather, uh, in a player like Mark Ingram or in the draft. If you could get Ingram on a really cheap deal because he's a veteran, I actually think he's a very good complement to Saquon Barkley. He's exactly the type of running back that I would want backing him up. Um, if it was a one year, really cheap deal, uh, similar to like what the Eagles got for, um, Jordan Howard, like that type of fit or, or the, maybe the Dolphins, I don't know. But a running back like that on a $2.5 million, $3 million deal, maybe it's a two-year contract, I'd be okay with that. I'd be be for that. Um, But if if it was the same amount of money, I'd rather keep Gallman.
0: Especially for the fact now, obviously, recovery is supposedly going well. But obviously, with Saquon in 2019, he was injured for a couple games. 2020 obviously missed over half the season. You don't want to say, okay, Saquon, You know, even though they're depending on him to be the franchise running back, you know, you don't want to take any chances with health and then go sign a Devonta Freeman and Alfred Morris again, and then bring yeah. them in and then get less quality of a run game. Even though Wayne Goldman did a very good job. Um, I would like to bring them back, but at the same time, if it's for big money, you can go somewhere else.
1: You can't do it. Yeah.
0: You can't situationally. The other thing I want to year, point
1: up about uh, Leonard Williams, if we do let him walk and I'm not saying I'm in favor of that, but if we do the other thing that I think the Giants need to factor in you're going to get a comp pick for him. You'd get a third-round yeah. comp pick if you let Leonard Williams walk. You wouldn't for Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, Tomlinson, more than likely, would sign for about $12 million, which maybe would get you a fifth uh, comp pick, maybe, if you didn't exceed it with another player. I'm not too sure how the rules work. I think if, like, you spend more money on the same position, you don't get the comp pick. But you'd probably get, like, a fourth or a fifth for Dalvin. You'd get a third for Leo.
0: And with the Leo thing, I think third for Leo, yeah, that's about fair and probably where we would be at. If you don't sign him, how valuable is that trade for the Giant fans that want to complain about Gettleman, beside the 11 and a half sack year?
1: Well, how here's the thing that trade? for the people that want to complain about Gettleman, and there's plenty of them, if, even if you were to let Leonard Williams walk, it almost offsets the trade. I mean, because we it's give up a third. A, third, a third form, a third and a fifth. Um, should we give up a fifth for two years of Leonard Williams? I mean,. Are you really going to complain about that? How often does a fifth-round pick really work out anyway in the NFL? So it's a no-lose situation, in my opinion. Forget him. And if he lets him look, they get a third-round comp. It kind of negates what they gave up to bring him in in the first place.
0: Yeah, and uh, also to note, what are the Jets going to do with those picks? I think it was a fifth for this coming draft and a third for last coming draft. And I don't know how Ashton Davis is doing for the Jets. I don't think he's going to be or was doing any good, but I would have to ask my brother since he's a Jets fan. interesting.
1: Listen, was I in favor of the trade when they made it? No, because I looked at us as like a 2-6 and team or whatever we were when we made the trade and it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But in the end, did it work out? I'd say so. I mean, we didn't give up that much for him. It gave us the ability to have the uh, option to franchise take him, too. Factor that in. Wouldn't have had that option had you not traded for him. The Jets would have had the option. Um, And he obviously was the second best player on our defense this year, so In the end, I think Dave did a good job whether we retain him or not. Um, But I do think Dave will be in favor of retaining him. Obviously, he thinks very highly of him.
0: And with these uh, Gettleman haters, as we call them, and the complainers and whatever, um, we have to think back to a couple of situations. A, the Saquon pick and the Solder signing. Now, contract-wise, Solder, yeah, it was a little too much. But at the time, what's your alternative? Another year of Eric Flowers. A lot of Giant fans loved the Saquon pick. I was indifferent about it because I wanted Josh Allen, as I've mentioned before, and I think you know that because I remember we were on Pizzle, we were talking about it. Um, Solder seemed like a good signing, obviously, because again, your alternative is Eric Flowers, but it's in—it's really a weird thing because you could say, "Oh, this was a good thing at the time," but now it's not. Like the possible Saquon argument and the Solder argument. But then you could say, oh, it was bad at the timing and people still argue about the trade with Leonard Williams. But now, you know, 11 and a half sacks and two years in a row, we've had guys with double-digit sacks. So that's what I like uh, out of this defense. Definitely good sign for the future.
1: Yeah. L- listen, the Soldiers signing, if you're being honest with yourself, I don't think there's a Gi- Giants fan that complained about it when we made the signing. Um, it was it was It was needed um the mistake the Giants made and Eli Manning is my favorite giant of all time they shouldn't have stuck with Eli that that was a mistake they should have started the rebuild in 2018 um um, and, and that was the mistake so I think because they stuck with Eli they felt the need obviously to go out and get a left tackle he was the best left tackle out there they needed it um so it was completely justified why Dave Gettleman did it um and as far as the pick for Saquon Barkley can't live in the past. I love Saquon Barkley. I prefer to trade down on draft night, if I'm being completely honest. Wasn't on YouTube at the time, but I wanted to trade down. I didn't want to take a running back at two. I uh, wasn't in love with any of the quarterback prospects. I'm a gigantic fan of Josh Allen now. Uh, going into the year, I actually said he was going to be this year's Lamar Jackson. So I was right about that. was not right on draft night. Wouldn't have been in favor of drafting him um, going into that draft. Uh, I was not in love with any of the quarterback prospects, but I did want to trade down because I wanted the Giants to rebuild. Um, and I didn't love any quarterback, so I would have run with Eli another year, but – or I would have said, you know what, Eli, we're rebuilding. Um, we want to give you an opportunity somewhere else. We're going to trade you or you can retire. Um, that would have been what I would have told him because he was in a no-win situation there. I felt bad for Eli, but at that time, I think the New York Giants should have came to the conclusion that it was time to rebuild, but we can't live in the past. Um, you know, 2018 is when we should have started it. We started in 2019. So we're a year, you know, behind where we should be. But I do think in 2021, you're going to start to see this team really compete.
0: And the, there's something special about a 6-10 and 10 record. Obviously, 2015, 6-10 record. 2016, you had 11-5. and 5. Uh, I think 6-10 and 10 in 2004, 11-5 in 2005. So it has a special connection with the Giants, except for, like, 2014, because we went 6-10 and 10 there and then same record the next year. But, uh, Chris, thank you for coming on. You've been around YouTube and a lot of Giants content creators a lot over 2020, 2021. Keep up the success, and uh, thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate you for having me on, man. Anytime, man, uh, anytime I get an opportunity to talk Giants football, I'm all about it. I love building up the Giants community. So thank you for having me on. I think you do a great job, and hopefully hopefully we get get an edge rusher. Hopefully we get a cornerback. Hopefully we get a wide receiver. Hopefully we get everything we possibly need, and the New York Giants go out there and win 11 or 12 games this year.
0: By the way, stick to that cab. Uh, the new logo. Stick to you like the, the cab one. The cab. One? I like the cab
1: one. I must say. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try them all out, but I, I think I favor the cab one myself. Did um, you put I'm them gonna, a poll? Yeah, I did. But I, what I'm gonna do is, I think I'm gonna just put them in videos. On on that to my next video, I'll be like, I'm gonna try out all these new backgrounds. One of my subs made for me, and um, whichever one people like the most is the one I'll do. But yeah, I think it's gonna be between the cab and the. Uh, it was uh, there was one with um, like a, a city background. Uh, mm-hmm. those are those are gonna be the two probably the, one or the other I'm gonna end up
0: And one with the MetLife on it.
1: MetLife and then there was uh, what was the other one? There was uh, it was just like a giants logo or a Nintendo yeah. logo that's blurred out. But I'm gonna try them all out. But yeah, I, I the cab one's pretty sick looking.
0: Thanks for coming on, Chris. Nice talking to you.